From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, it's great to be back with you. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's always uh, good to be here. And I, I like episodes where we have a guest, especially ones that bring questions. Absolutely. So we, we have a... Uh, if you heard our last episode, uh, 124, you got to meet Dan Farisi from Commercial Integrator. And um, based on popular demand, we've had him back for a second episode. And welcome back, Dan. We're like glad you're here. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you so much, James, for having me back. Really do appreciate it. Love the opportunity to share some of the questions we're getting organically here at Commercial Integrator and bring them to the, the programming experts to get you know, definitive answers, really thoughtful answers. So it's an opportunity I wouldn't pass up. Thanks for being with us. Um, so if you heard basically um, in our past episode, we had Dan uh, curate some questions and, and or some trending topics for us. So he has another one for us today. And basically what this is, is it's really the essence of what this podcast is meant to be, where we're trying to, to clarify and bring awareness to the value of programming programmers and also educate those who may or may not have firsthand experience doing programming. So I'll, I'll let you uh, bring us the next topic, Dan. Sure. So this is another one that was kind of bubbling up from the grassroots. The question centers a bit on AI and automation. Of course, we're all hearing about AI ubiquitously these days. We're also hearing a lot about automated, simplified kinds of solutions, things that might be analogized to the, the easy button. Um, so I'm interested what out in the field you all are seeing demand for. Are the enterprise customers you're talking to, you know, networking with, do they want auto-tuned conference rooms, set it and forget it, scale down kinds of solutions? Or would you say programmers, the demand is still for complex network solutions enfolding lots of interoperable devices? So I guess the question boils down to easy button or complexity? Let's see, why don't you take a stab at this first? <laughs> Sure thing. Um, I it's it's funny when I was thinking about this question. One of the things that I've been thinking about was the big change that we've seen over the past few years. We had a big rise of manufacturers touting no programming required, um, and and how that became a big thing. And and I think that uh, last year or even the last few years, uh, we we've seen that quiet down a bit. Now, I know it still exists, and I know that it's still important, but I do think that the value that programming brings to the table in making disparate products work together it has become a lot more valuable, in the, especially post-pandemic. Um, so, so I think while um, there are many systems have become easier, and many times we are working within a platform whether it's um, a, a, a UC platform, a control platform, or or even something that is is more of an all-in-one product, um, the, those systems, we, the 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 level of complexity is supposed to be minimal, and it, we're supposed to try to um, not not necessarily overcomplicate things. However, I've seen a lot more um, of a demand for needing to put together different pieces to be able to really create the right solution for a client too. So the um, it, it's a mixed answer to this. Um, but what I, I you know I, I think that there's a lot of value in having systems and, and, and having more intelligent products that are easier to set up. But I would hate to see us be uh, handcuffed in being able to 
expand those to to do more custom. So so when the needs are more simple, then certainly the the um, out of the box or the easy setup. But I but I don't think that we should that that the exposure to the API and the ability to do more should be limited. If if I can answer it that way. I think it does answer the question. I do have a follow-up though. You'd mentioned there's kind of like a, there was a flash in the pan of sorts for the no programming required and that's quieted down substantially. What would you say was the impetus for that? Is there anything you could point to that would say, well, that was the reason we were hearing about that two or three years ago. And likewise, what is the impetus for how much it's dramatically quieted down? Um, I think that the, the big impetus was the lack of programmers and how much programming cost. Those were probably the two things. There were having a, the the there were many manufacturers that didn't want the success of their product and their solution to be limited to a programmer that was out of their control and uh, and, and no pun intended. And they uh, and so so they wanted to to give the power to more people to be able to make systems work without having to know the ones and zeros or the complexity of programming. Now, while on one hand that still exists and can still work, you still need to understand how you want the system to work. And, and that's a lot of what a programmer does. And like, like I mentioned in the last episode, the actual writing of the code is a small part of what a programmer does in, in a project. So I think think that that had a lot to do with it, and why why it has changed. I think that we've shifted, for some reasons out of our control and other maybe intentionally from those single brand solutions to more of uh, a um, true integration of different maybe best in class products or maybe the products that are needed in in this in this system to work together that that's really where custom programming comes in james you want to take it from there sure i can chime in here um so i i want to say i think the reason why no programming required came about and I, i'm sure i'm going to get a lot of flack for this is IT folks, plain and simple. IT is running quick and it's eating the world. And I've been saying this from day one is AV, even though AV is IT, AV generally dig their heels in and get dragged. And IT people don't want to do that. So they don't want to sit there and go, oh, I'm going to have to deal with this AV company and you know drag out the project. Why can't I just configure this and get it out there? Then the pandemic hit, and the IT folks were strangling to get things network-wise and computer-wise and all that stuff. But there was a need to do, you know, better audio, better video, education, and that experience that we couldn't get that in person anymore. We had to do it online and bring it online. And that's where the knowledge of AV folks came, but it had to come at the speed of IT. So AV people, as I've been saying from day one, have to learn to speak IT and that's starting to come. So now we are getting that recognition with the IT folks. And 
So they start seeing the value that we're bringing as EV in general. Still not there completely, like a DBA, a network administrator, all those are going to be, you know, view a little higher than an AV person. And I don't agree they are. I mean, shout out to Ryan Gray. AV needs to take over IT here um, and, you know, really set the bar even higher. But the thing is, IT runs at a fast pace and our users know IT. They live on IT. For example, you take out a display on a wall. Eh, you know, okay, digital science is not working. We're a little, a little upset. You take their email away, people lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the same thing. We need to get AV to that point of, you know, you take AV away, people lose their mind. Uh, I know a little tangent there. I'm sorry. But that's why I think program uh, the configurator came about first was IT people didn't want to wait for AV. Now the AV is starting to catch up and not dragging their heels as much. There still are, but not as much. We're going back to, okay, we can do these custom builds and these custom solutions because now you're speaking our language. Now you are getting to our speed. You're not a hurdle anymore. You're becoming a ally. And soon we need to be a partner with them. Yeah, it's certainly interesting to see the continued contours and configuration of AV and IT convergence. I know Mike Peterson says, and as you say, you know, uh, IT is AV and AV is IT. Um, but I, I certainly, I think it's interesting what you were mentioning about, you know, email versus digital signage or something like that. Um, we certainly in AV are increasingly describing ourselves as mission critical or business critical, and I think that largely is true. But I think it comes into stark contrast when you mentioned things like, you know, email and fundamental IT systems. I don't know that AV has yet reached that point of perceived mission criticality. And I think we do need to try to wet ourselves to some extent, I think at least, to that IT is indispensable and AV is indispensable. Yeah. And I think we can sit there and argue that. I mean, you sit there, our phones technically is an AV device. It's a video, it's audio, it's a microphone, it's a speaker, it's a display, it's AV. And we don't have our phone, but we do lose, you know, we go a little crazy sometimes. But really, we go crazy because not because we're not getting that video and audio. It's because we can't connect to that IT infrastructure. You know, check our social media, checking our email, all that, that can instant connection that's why av is it it's part of it it's ingrained into it um and that's where i come from with that but yeah it's we need to get a point okay okay our tv is down or our microphones are not working or this is not working people need to lose their minds like they do when their email is not working yeah. I wanted to ask you one thing, Steve, you had mentioned in, in your previous answer, the whole idea of the debate between end-to-end single vendor types of solutions versus interoperability and the importance of that. I know we're very fortunate to be having you at Total Tech Summit in November on a panel talking about exactly that topic. So I'm interested in how that debate, like the end-to-end own the room uh, side versus the interoperability open API kind of side uh, resonates with programmers, the increasing importance of programmers and how you do your jobs every day. I I, I, um, I think it actually um, also connects to another point I wanted to make too, with regard to how configuration 
you have to stay within a box. You have to stay within boundary versus programming has a lot more um, flexibility and, and uh, an opportunity. Um, so so to, to answer your question, the, the single brand solution and, and configuration kind of go hand in hand in the fact that they're made to work together and they work well when they when all the pieces are in place. And but but I don't know that that's necessarily reality in our industry and in our world that, as we know, sometimes you can't get a product, you can't have a whole system be um, out of commission because of, of one product not being available. So um, the need to be able to have substitutable products, interoperability, and and be able to not have to reinvent the wheel when something has to change, I think is, is has always been critical in our industry and has always been an issue. We, um, programmers have gotten black eyes for having being said, um, if I want to change out one projector for another, why is it so expensive? Or, um, and, and what it, and, uh, you know, that, that's always been a, a tough part of what we do. And there's many reasons we could talk about that at another time, but, but the, um, the idea that um, the the need to be able to be open, I think, is really benefits the client, and it really it, it gives the clients the um, the the flexibility and the freedom to choose whatever products they want. Sometimes we're not happy with somebody. Um, we may be happy with them in the beginning, and maybe that might change for one reason or another. Being locked in is not good for anybody. So, so the the opportunity to use the products that you want and make them work um, is accomplished by being more open and having an API, and and then also um, is facilitated by programming. Yeah, I certainly think that that's true. And, and to bring up the pandemic, which James mentioned in his previous answer, I think a lot of people, you know, post-pandemic with the supply chain snarls and whatnot, were not necessarily always happy if they were totally locked into a particular ecosystem or a particular, you know, value proposition without having that interoperability, that swappability, that flexibility. Um, so I think that was a, a torture test to some extent of the whole end-to-end idea, because if you are tethered to any particular vendor, you're also tethered to their supply chain and their component availability, et cetera, aren't you? Yeah. And I, I want to add something on that as more of a insight from a end user. You can kind of call me as, even though, yes, we're, I'm in the house integrated, I'm not using the equipment. I'm still speaking for my end users is being locked in to a ecosystem. There's a lot of restrictions there because let's say that in higher education, we have a limited budget but we have like 200 classrooms. So for us to say we're in an ecosystem and say we have a problem with that manufacturer or it's a very financial cost for us to do a huge change out if we can't slowly do it. So they know this, manufacturer know this, and then they can actually turn the screw to us and, you know, raise prices because they know it's going to cost too much for us to change. But if we can do these open programming and APIs and switch out, it actually serves our university better. And I've told this to manufacturers and I always get the sink eye is I have no brand loyalty. My loyalty is to my university and the students and their education. So yes, if the product is doing what I need to do to achieve the goal of the university, 
great. We'll work. We'll, we'll be a partner. But when it's not, I need to be able to change. I need to think financially for my university and make wise decisions that, in fact, impacts education, impacts the financial institution. And, you know, it makes everyone look good when we can all play nice. But when we're stuck in, that's when the problems happen. I think it kind of goes back to what we said in the last podcast, which is that we are outcome guarantors at this point. We're about facilitating an outcome. The technology, the boxes, the ecosystems are not ends in and of themselves. They're merely vehicles to deliver that outcome. And they're only valuable to the extent that they are delivering that outcome and serving our clients' needs. Without a doubt. It's uh, I, the... The importance here is understanding that, like you said, we're we're an industry that has to exist to serve a client, and and that and and we will be replaced if we if we stop doing that. No doubt about um, it. I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap this up. Before we we let you go, Dan, I'd be interested to know: is there something that you would like to hear from programmers, or is there a way that you think that? programmers could get more involved in the conversation and in, in the industry. You're, you're a great supporter of, of um, so many different disciplines within the industry and, and, and the work that you do at Commercial Integrator. What, what, what um, charge could you put out there to programmers to, to help them to, um, to, to have their voice heard? Well, thank you so much for asking. I appreciate the kind words as well as the friendship, the partnership, both with you, Steve, and with you, James. Uh, feel free to reach out to me at dan.farisi at emeraldx.com, dan.farisi at emeraldx.com. If you want to suggest story ideas or if you'd like to perhaps be an industry thought leader, write a brand agnostic piece talking about your experience as a programmer or your ambitions as a programmer or how, you know, ways to optimize your interactions with other trades on the job site, integrators, end users. I, I really want commercial integrator to the greatest extent possible to be a thought leadership hub. I think it's already getting there. I want it even more to be. And I think programmers and your voices and your experiences and your anecdotes can be a big part of that. So feel free to email me or reach out to me on LinkedIn or on Twitter uh, at Dan Farisi edit. And I'd be happy to try to use our platform to amplify and raise your voice. We appreciate that. And uh, is there any other ways that uh, people can get in touch with you and, and keep uh, listening to the work that you're and, and reading the work that you're doing? Well, uh, other than Twitter and LinkedIn, both of which I'm very active on, just go to commercialintegrator.com. We try to keep things updated, maybe five, six, seven pieces of fresh content every weekday. So every time you come in, you should find something new. Excellent. Um, James, how can people get in touch with you, uh, learn what you're up to and, and any final thoughts that you have? Uh, final thought is this is a great episode. Thank you, Dan, for coming in with this question and uh, letting us engage in this. And uh, again, and you can find me on Twitter, AB underscore James King. I'm on LinkedIn, not too active, but I'm on there. Anything you have, Google me, you'll find me. I'm out there. And for me, you could reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. You can reach my company, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. Um, you may know that I do another podcast on AV Nation that uh, called The State of Control that you should tune into as well if you like these conversations. And that's another uh, way to keep uh, in tune with what's going on in the industry and also meet more people uh, in the industry because uh, AV Nation has a great way of being able to highlight uh, the, uh, the, the multiple voices in the industry, just as uh, Dan is doing at Commercial Integrator. Um, 
But please let us know what you think of this episode. Um, I'm real excited about it. And uh, we'd like to have Dan back um, more often. And I think that this is a great way for us to uh, both bridge the gap between uh, the programmer community in the industry at large, as well as really stay in tune with some of the trending topics. So thank you, Dan, for being part of it. Um, Delighted to be asked, honored to be asked. Real pleasure to be here. I, and I, I uh, please reach out to Dan, let him know what you think as well. And, and you can uh, uh, catch up with our podcast on YouTube, uh, the video version, Apple and Google podcast, the audio version. We'd love you to uh, leave a rating or review and share your favorite episode. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at AV programming pod, AV programmer pod, excuse me. Uh, with that, this has been S the programmer. <laughs>